Welcome to the Uncomfortable Conversations podcast, the untold stories of the 3HO Kundalini Yoga community. I'm your host, Guru Nishan, and as always, I like to read the intentions for why I started this podcast, and they continue to be true even to this day three years later. Number one, to break the veil of silence that has long permeated and continues to strangle the 3HO Kundalini Yoga community in the name of neutrality. Number two, to validate and help clarify the complex feelings of those who have joined this lifestyle, were born and raised into it, and or who have taught or practiced Kundalini Yoga. Number three, to encourage active listening to uncomfortable conversations from our community as a revolutionary act of self and collective healing. Number four, to let survivors know that we see them, we believe them, we love them, and we will fight for their truth to be addressed. Number five, to let teachers who are denying, gaslighting, or spiritually bypassing know that what they are doing is willfully ignorant and re-traumatizing victims. Number six, to illuminate the inherent racism, homophobia, cultural appropriation and exploitation that perpetuates the teachings, 3HO lifestyle, and overall community ethos. Number seven, to stop the perpetuation of gaslighting and victim shaming by naming it for what it is. Number eight, to dismantle internalized shame, guilt, toxic positivity, and lightwashing mentality. Number nine, to honor all of the parts of ourselves that have been forgotten or silenced. Number 10, to honor each and every body that has come through this community, both named and unnamed. And number 11, to encourage people to do their own research, process their own emotions, to get somatic therapy, cult therapy, and other support therapy as needed, to draw your own conclusions, and to be critical thinkers rather than to just blindly follow anyone. Please remember that your story matters. Please share it when you're ready. We're here to listen and to support you. All right, folks. So welcome to another episode of the Uncomfortable Conversations podcast. We are on the eve of the summer solstice, and there is some rumbling happening in the 3HO Sigdharma community, Kundalini Yoga community. And I want to bring it to the podcast, into the public domain to listen to, to make sure you all are tuned in to what is going on. So for the last uh, three years, uh, two years or so, we ha there have not been a gathering at, at the solstice site. But as you know, this is a ritual within the 3HO Kundalini Yoga community to gather for summer solstice. And this is the first year that 3HO is once again gathering at the Ramdas Puri site. People are there now. 
And I believe Peace Prayer Day is tomorrow and all sorts of other um, specifics on the schedule that we're going to cover today. Um, But what I really wanted to bring to our attention is what's happening with the voices of the second gen of the 3HO community. Um, Recently, an open letter was published and a petition. And I want to bring to everybody's attention and awareness that um, this open letter um, was put together by an entire team. Over a hundred different second gen people contributed to this open letter and petition and the ask for healing to end the harm that has been done and continues to happen right now in real time. We are in the throes of the independent healing and reparations program that was instituted by the SSSC, which is the Siri Singh Saib Corporation that is the main board that um, is the main entity that has all the other entities underneath it. So we're going to talk about that too. Um, We're going to talk about the open letter. You're going to read that out loud. And I really, um, and then we're also going to talk about the recent resignation of Sahaj Singh Khalsa from the SSSC board. He was the only second gen left on that board representing our voices. And so all this happening at the same time, right around the solstice, I feel is a necessary, important, uncomfortable conversation to be having. And we're going to go ahead and read that too. So we'll cover the the programming that's happening up at solstice. And yeah, I want to begin by just acknowledging um, the team of second gen voices that have so eloquently and brilliantly um, brought this petition and open letter to the public. I am not among them, um, but I just thank you all so much. It is so well organized and um, I'm happy to be amplifying it in any capacity that I can and contribute to this conversation. So not only that, Um, But very quickly, from the moment that the petition published, it grew to uh, well over 600 signatures and counting. So I'd like to really honor all of the work and the effort and the courage that it takes. Um, The Independent Healing and Reparations Program has been re-traumatizing for many, many reasons and the voices of second generation need to be heard here. It's important to know that not only has this IHRP program um, not been operated or delivered in a trauma-informed way, um, it is just there's so many reasons why it's not working. And the, I think the open letter really speaks to um, a, a breadth and a depth of, of what's really happening. And we really feel it's important um, to, to, hear, to have everyone hear that the asks that are included in, these, in the open letter and the petition are just examples of the many, many asks that 
we're that we're asking we're not necessarily asking for any one thing in particular and people might not know about the specifics but what we are asking for is an open and transparent and inclusive communal process to decide how to make these repairs so what it feels like is just a um a horrible instituted program that is not in the best interests of the people it is saying that it's serving. And the organizations seem to be in the dark. One of the things that's not being addressed is the non-monetary reparations asks. And uh, to my understanding, this hasn't even been made public when um, many of the, uh, the different CEOs of KRI as well as um, 3HO have asked specifically to the IHRP um, heads to reveal or to disclose the non-monetary reparations and um, these things haven't been happening people have been asked to um, sign contracts and of course they say that the program is voluntary so they're offering this program and um, we ask that you all listen to our voices so we're gonna without further ado read this letter Okay, so for before I begin, I just want to clarify and make sure that everyone um, listening knows that second gen can have a lot of meanings and people oftentimes are confused about the terminology here. Um, but basically it means people that are born and raised or brought into this community as a minor as a child and um, because we've had five generations plus of this uh, 3HO community and children born and bred into this ethos. It's important to know that when we're talking about second generation, um, that is a terminology that's used within the cultic studies language of people that are born in cults. And there are real specific things that happen to the brain of children born in cults and the emotional development or the stunted growth of us. And so it's really important to get some cultic support and um, can't encourage that enough. Um, on that note, our oldest second gen might be like around 55 somewhere around there. So it's important to keep that in your awareness. They are not children. And what I witness from a lot of people that are still stuck in the cult is they'll refer to it us as the children, um, but we aren't children, right? We are grown adults that are suffering from the abuse of um, the experiences that we had from this institutional abuse of 3HO and Sikh Dharma. And the attempt of healing and reparations and the whitewashing and the lightwashing of the 3HO website and the, the whole process of the supposed healing and conciliatory rec rec reconciliation and all the things is just grossly um, underfunded and um, horribly delivered. And it just feels to me like a typical 3HO um, veneer when there's brooding dark roots of re-traumatization happening right before our eyes and we're being painted an illusion and be asked to believe it. So without further ado, let's listen to the second gen voices. This is an open letter requesting repairs to the independent healing and reparations program. Attention to the SSSC board, IHRP program administrators, 3HO related businesses and organizations and members of the community. This is from second generation advocates. This is an open letter requesting repairs to the independent healing and reparations program. Greetings. 
We, the second generation advocates who grew up in the 3HO Sikh and Kundalini Yoga community have written this open letter to make our voices heard in response to the abuses that we have experienced in the community. Many of us are currently participating in the Independent Healing and Reparations Program, the IHRP, which was created to address these harms. The IHRP was organized by the Siri Singh Saib Corporation, SSSC. This program may have, well be, may have been well intentioned, but it is being poorly executed and is causing re-traumatization. Therefore, repairs must be made to it in order to ensure individual and collective healing and changes must be made to ensure no future harm is done to new generations of children. Harmful experiences during our formative years in the community have had long lasting and devastating effects on our mental health, development, relationships, and work lives. Many of us have diagnoses of complex PTSD, anxiety and depression, lifelong health issues, deficits and injuries requiring ongoing medical care. We have sought medical and therapeutic, financial and professional help for ourselves, yet have not had adequate resources or support. While the institutional bodies have begun to address our healing needs, many second generation members are dismayed that our experiences are still being minimized and dismissed by community leaders and elders with a lack of adequate support and action from the board, organizations, and businesses. We grew up viewing the community as family and want to be heard, made whole, and heal the divide. In good faith, nearly 600 of us have participated in the IHRP to address the harms and abuses experienced by us during our childhoods. In the process, we have had to disclose the abuses and traumatic memories that we suffered at young ages in boarding schools, camps, and ashrams, which has been re-traumatizing for many. In order to sufficiently address the harms we experienced, adequate financial resources need to be provided to support our lifelong healing needs. And the structural changes need to be made in order to prevent future harm for future generations. Here are anonymous examples of harm. In India, children were physically beaten daily by teachers, prefects, seniors, students, and punishment or as a punishment or as a pastime. Children were choked to the point of fainting and beaten until they would black out. Children were starved, malnourished, and their food was infested with bugs and experienced an egregious lack of medical care. Sexual abuse of minors by teachers and guides in India at children's camps, as well as by ashram members who were protected by the organization and never faced justice. Sleep deprivation due to school schedule and unsafe environment. Children were separated from their parents and siblings as young as two years of age. Children experienced neglect and ex extreme emotional and spiritual abuse. Many were excommunicated from the community when expressing concerns, severing them from the community that was their lifeline and family. Yogi Bhajan was introduced to us at birth as our spiritual teacher, the master of the teachings we lived by, and our spiritual grandfather. 
He then sexually assaulted, molested, and raped girls as minors or as soon as they were over 18. He groped children's breasts. He examined children's vaginas. Some over 18 were forced into long-term sexual relationships with him. Yogi Bhajan forced girls and boys into marriages against their will, barred them from getting an education, forced them into minimum wage jobs with the promise of successful futures and the manipulation that he could read their destinies. Lasting impacts from harm. Lasting CPTSD, complex, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, chronic stress, anxiety, depression, and suicidal ideations, chronic health issues, physical injuries, concussions, lack of healthy attachments, issues with intimacy, problems with authority, lack of trust, shame, guilt, low self-esteem, difficulty with decision-making, struggles with self-care, sleep disorders, hygiene, food insecurity, eating disorders, loss of educational and work opportunities, loss of skills and wages, grief, betrayal, loss of community, family and friends due to different beliefs, challenges with parenting. The issues with the program. We want this program, speaking of the IHRP, we want this program to succeed for the collective healing of every individual participant and the entire community. We entered into this program with trust and hope. We were promised a restorative justice program that would be independent and trauma-informed, giving us a voice and a process to repair systemic problems in the community. However, it has not lived up to the promises laid out when we agreed to participate and has been re-traumatizing process. Because of the highly inadequate funding for the number of people who have applied, there is not sufficient support for the healing needs of individuals. There has been a lack of timely action and contractual commitments regarding our non-monetary demands. We strongly believe addressing these following concerns are important steps in our healing to prevent harm for future generations. Number one, address the non-monetary requests before contracts are signed, as they are a key to the success of the program. Release publicly a complete list of all non-monetary demands and create a working group with sufficient funding to address non-monetary requests. Number two, expand program funding to sufficiently cover the harms to the second generation and the increased number of people who applied. And number three, fix the program. The program has had inconsistencies with the protocols and promises made, insufficient transparency, lack of independence, and communication among many other issues. We are requesting these changes to the program to ensure that it fulfills the initial goals and promises made when people decide, decided to participate. Non-monetary requests. So far, no response to our non-monetary requests have been provided. These requests were included in our individual claims and are at least as important as the monetary requests. We are participating in this program with the intent to help heal ourselves and this community 
and to prevent additional harm from being done to current and future generations. As an example, many of these requests included much needed changes to the boarding school in India to ensure no future harm is done to new generations of children. Despite these requests being made, even as we write this letter, we are receiving advertisements for the reopening of Midi Pity Academy. The demands of the nearly 600 applicants to the reparations program are not being shared publicly, as we believe they should be, in order for there to be accountability and movement toward restoration. Below is a brief example of the kinds of non-monetary repairs that have been requested to ensure that additional trauma is not inflicted on a new generation. Please note that not everyone will agree on each specific request, but we are asking for everyone to sign in order to, be, to begin a transparent and accountable community process toward repairing and preventing future harms. The intention at this time is to make our voices heard, which will open the door to making sure each of our requests will be considered and acted upon. Examples of non-monetary requests. Resources for ongoing healing and support. Among the requests made by claimants are the creation of ongoing therapeutic funds, not only for second generation members, but also for older and disabled community members who dedicated their lives to this community. This should include individual therapy, family counseling, support groups, and the establishment of a restorative justice program. Number two, accountability and reconciliations. Requests include public acknowledgement and apologies for all SSSC affiliates and leaders of, for harms caused, including a statement of harm by Yogi Bhajan in all publications more extensively translate, publish, disseminate, and make easily and publicly available on all community platforms and spaces, both the Olive Branch and Alexander Stein report of harm so that every single global community member is informed. Accountability for individuals who caused harm and were protected by the organization. Another third example. Ensure that no harm is caused by Midi Pity Academy and other children's centers camps. Ensure no harm is caused by Midi Pity Academy and other children's centers camps. Applica applicants have requested an end to the systemic separation of children from their families. Most people are demanding that the schools and camps should be closed permanently. Some believe they can reopen, but only when a safe and healthy study a broad camp or boarding school environment can be assured. Ensuring strict requirements for staff and administrative qualifications and experience, conducting background checks and training for everyone working with children. Another example, make solstice, gurdwaras and community events safe spaces for all people, including second generation members and those who have been abused. For example, by removing likenesses and connections to harmful leaders. Another example, create organizational changes in the SSSC, Sikh Dharma International, Kundalini Research Institute, 3HO, SikhNet, all the orgs. 
Requests include increasing transparency and non-professionalism of all businesses and organizations, offering anti-harassment and trauma-informed trainings, changing the name of the organizations, especially Siri Singside Corporation, including survivors of harm in decision-making roles and adjusting bylaws so that the second and third generation that grew up in the community automatically qualified to vote in the SSSC elections. Another example of non-monetary requests, uh, the Series Things Corporation and YB property. Applicants have requested that uh, community property should actually be communal. And there needs to be a communal process to decide what happens with it. This includes companies, properties, and assets taken from community members, archives of YB's belongings and properties and current business earnings. We are concerned our non-monetary requests are not being addressed. And remember, these are all examples of some non-monetary requests. Everyone included their own requests of non-monetary requests in their individual claim, and there was well over 600, as you've heard. Let me continue. We are concerned our non-monetary requests are not being addressed while allowing further harm to current students and future generations to come. It is unreasonable that we are being put in a position where we have to accept or reject financial offers with a strict timeline without having a full understanding of both the monetary and non-monetary components. The non-monetary reparations should be a part of each claimant's settlement offer so we can understand exactly what is and is not being addressed. Beyond a simple dollar figure to enable us to make an informed decision. Ian Elliott is compiling a report of the harms reported to the IHRP. We ask that an anonymized version of his report be released publicly. We ask that you also release publicly a complete list of all non-monetary requests and create a working group with sufficient funding to address these requests and to do so before the contracts are required to be signed. Program funding. Firstly, the program funding was originally created for what was believed to be a small group of reporters of harm. Yet 10 times that number have filed claims. Despite this vast underestimation, we understand that the SSSC voted down a proposal to increase the funding even after the business entities offered to make more funds available. These businesses were built with the promise that they were for the children of this community. Many of us and our parents gave decades of our lives to these funds. Secondly, in calls with potential participants to the IHRP, the SSSC, and Louis Roca's lawyers led participants to believe that this program had no monetary cap on claims, either in total funding or for any individual. Since there is a limited pool of funding being used now, this means there has either been a breach in protocol or participants were given incorrect information in initial meetings with SSSC members 
and their lawyers. Put bluntly, given the number of claims and insufficient pool of money invested in this program, we believe the monetary reparations offered will be completely inadequate to cover a lifetime of therapy and other medical expenses to heal the effects of these abuses. If some of our peers decide to take legal actions outside of the program, we believe they would receive average settlements comparable to the following cases of institutional abuse. Number one, the Catholic Diocese of Santa Fe settled for an average of over 300,000 per person in December, 2022. Number two, Northwest Jesuit Indian Boarding School settled for an average of 332,000. That would be 448,431 in two, today's dollars. Larry Nassar and Michigan State University settled for an average of 1,506,000 each. Today, that number would be over 1,821,509 and 64 cents. And though, and number four, those who have experienced sexual abuse in schools have settled for one million to uh, one million to four million and upwards if they involved rape. We are asking you to expand program funding to sufficiently cover the harms to the second generation and the increased number of people who applied. Repairing the program. We want and need to see the following changes implemented to ensure that this program is a success. Number one, address the non-monetary requests before contracts are signed. As part of the individual claim settlement or as a whole, as they are key and equal component of the program, release publicly a complete list of all non-monetary demands with any personal demands redacted but not deleted and make a well-funded working group to address the changes so we can judge the success of this program and work toward achieving healing and justice together. Number two, increase the pool of funds available to the program to sufficiently cover the harms to the second generation. Issue new offers based on this increase, even for people who have already accepted their offers. Number three, Correct the language in all contracts to ensure that these settlements are non-taxable. Jess Fuller from Lewis Roca informed in a QA meeting with us, it is designed to be as tax favorable to the claimant as possible. We are not tax advisors, but are structuring it in, we are structuring it in a way, such a way that there will hopefully not be money lost to taxes. It has come to our attention that the tax language in the offer agreements is too ambiguous and there is a risk that it could result in the IRS auditing claimants and making them disclose the specific contents of their claim. One, once again, reopening old wounds and re-traumatizing survivors and potentially making them pay taxes on some or all of their settlements after the fact. It appears that the language in the agreement protects the SSSC and affiliates from any tax liability while not guaranteeing that the recipient of the offer will be protected from tax liability. Number four, ensure there are no discrepancies between the way applicants with and without legal representation are treated. 
We were assured that we did not need a lawyer to participate in this program and that we would be treated equally without one. Given the lack of transparency so far, we want to ensure that there is no difference in the amounts offered to claimants, whether or not they are legally represented. We would like to see an independent report comparing applicants' offers with and without representation. And if there is a lower average for non-represented applicants, it must be rectified with an increase of the difference in percentage. Number five, extend all protections and improvements above to all applicants, including those who have already signed contracts. Number six, allow for the future participation of additional second generation members who were unable to participate within the existing timeframe or didn't know about this program. Actual healing and reparations is not a point in time event. This those in support of healing cannot set a deadline and expect true healing to occur. Number seven, extend the timeline and deadlines of the program to provide time and space to address the issues raised in this letter and to get things right. The IHRP representatives have already extended their own deadlines on meetings and offers, and you have the authority to extend these timelines as well. The IHRP program needs changes to be successful in its original intent of being a trauma-informed process. The second generation has been asked to relive their painful past without a proper container for inner excavation. Communication from the program has been offensive and non-reflective of most of the applicants' experiences. The program should focus on making participants feel comfortable and safe in engaging with the community true healing and meaningful action towards financial and non-monetary requests are necessary for healing the community. Sincerely, Second Generation Advocates. We'll take a moment of silence and let that sink in. I honor all of you who helped to craft that work of art and well-spoken synopsis of our experience and the current everyday real-time reality of this independent healing and reparations program. I will post the link um, to both the petition and the open letter. If you look at the petition, there's um, it's not as detailed and the open letter has far more details. So both links will be in the show notes. So yeah, that got published. It's been circulating and we ask that anyone who has it, please make sure you're sending it to anybody in position of responsibility or leadership within the Kundalini Yoga um, worldwide community and spread the word. Right now there are uh, promotions and advertisements happening for uh, the summer solstice, as well as for the European Yoga Festival, as well as for many teacher trainings that are happening around the world. So we need to um, get everyone plugged in, tuned in, tapped in, as they say. And um, one of the things that stands out to me, and we've talked about it before, um, but if you you go to the 3HO website. I mean, it, it, it's just a, a wildly new website. I mean, it's just totally cleaned up and a bit unrecognizable, um, you know, and just making it 
everyday friendly for, you know, quote, trauma informed and, um, you know, putting people of color in there and, you know, just the typical light washing and whitewashing moves. But I want to bring your attention more to the summer solstice. So there's a summer solstice tab, and then you can look at the details of the summer solstice tab and you can look at there's, you know, they're having a special um, reconciliation and healing circles. And so my understanding, the CEO of uh, 3HO, who is Joppa, she informed me they are doing some healing circles and, uh, you know, reconciliation conversations. This is being brought into Peace Prayer Day. The keynote speaker at Peace Prayer Day, which is tomorrow, is Vandy Crane. Um, who is an indigenous uh, woman survivor uh, of sex trafficking and all sorts of things. Um, and I did an episode with her. She's also um, a uh, incredible um, thriver and uh, leader L uh, in the community. And her episode was number 44. If you want to hear how she got into Kundalini yoga. Um, I guess what I want to say is I'm happy that Vandy's voice is going to be at the site because she is a truth teller and I am um, confident in what she gets to bring. Um, I also want to say that one of the things about this letter of second gen and then what is being advertised at uh, Solstice is this idea of, of reparations and healing, right? And yet we're not a part of that process, right? Our voice. And so we ask the leaders, any circle holders, anybody who's at the solstice site, anybody who um, can get our voices into these conversations, bring it there and, and bring the petition and print out the flyers and print out the open letter and, and make it available um, because that's what we'd like to see. We'd like to see a transparent process, not a whitewash process, not a lightwash process. And if you read this entire website, there's even a tab for white tantric yoga. Um, so yes, they are doing white tantric yoga, but what they've done is they've kind of separated these programs so that they're trying to appease all the people in the community. I try not to tune in too much, so I don't, I don't really know um, because it's, it's, so, it's so much fuckery. I don't even know what to do with it. Um, you know, but in the name of restorative healing, they're carrying on, but not using Yogi Bhajan's name as if that's enough. That's enough, right? Um, so yeah, we ask that you bring this open letter into full discussion. You have printouts and you uh, invite that petition into the voice as well or into the discussions. And that anybody who's a leader at Solstice uh, for this celebration of Peace Prayer Day, um, which I'm going to go ahead and read who that is. Um, these are some of the teachers that will be teaching at the Solstice celebration this year. Krishna Kar. Dr. Japa, Guru Singh, and Harnam Singh. So if you're a teacher, um, if you're one of those four teachers, I would encourage, and my request to you is that you offer a public statement to our open letter and how you will amplify the importance of this or not, whatever your public statement is, we would love to hear from you specifically since you are the holders of the International Peace Prayer Day and the Summer Solstice, 21 Stages of Meditation and other yoga gatherings. Now, White Tantric instead of three days is only one day. And it happens to be on my birthday, June 22nd. So very interesting. 
when you read the description of that, it is even more interesting because they somehow have figured out how to explain white tantric energy, the Z energy, and everything without mentioning Yogi Bhajan. It's a hoot. It's a hoot. So check that out because I don't know, it just creates knots in my belly when I read it. Um, it feels like um, it's a full-on marketing, right? To just get a new generation of people into Kundalini yoga without actually addressing the humanity of those that have been harmed over five decades. It's like carry on folks. It's pretty painful. So yeah, we are asking for an open and transparent and inclusive communal process to decide how to make these repairs. And so for those of you that are carrying on in your beloved solstice, summer solstice celebration at the healing magical energy of Ramdas Puri and all the things, I invite you to invite our voices, five generations of children, now adults that have been suffering because of the land that you're standing on, because of the camps, because of the communal processes, because of the schools, because of the technology, because of the yoga. Anyway, so again, my call to ask Krishnakar, Dr. Japa, Guru Singh, and Hari, Harnam Singh, you are the holders of this event. You are the legacy teachers. I see the the ones holding it up and any others that are that are teaching at the festivities these years, European Yoga Festival teachers, I invite you to bring our voices and what's really happening with the Independent Healing and Reparations Program into your classes and into um, all the programming. Every attendee should, should get access to that. Um, anyway, I loved all the asks um, and yeah, go back and read that and listen to that again. All right. So to, um, oh, by the way, if you want to hear the episode about where the Ramdas Puri land actually came from and not the mythology that you may be hearing in your Kundalini yoga class, uh, listen to number 46. Episode 46 speaks about Ramdas Puri and where the land really came from and the woman whose inheritance it was. And yeah, so listen to that. Vandy Crane's episode is number 44 also excellent. And then um, if you want to hear from one of the um, uh, the best perspectives on the second generation uh, of our episodes in terms of the oldest generation of like the earliest generation of second gens, listen to episode 55 and 56 with Darcy LaRoque. All right. So just this past Wednesday, after the publishing of the second generation open letter, and after the petition um, there was a resigning, a letter that was published in the resigning of Sahaj Singh Khalsa. He was the second generation representative on the SSSC board. Um, what I wanted to say before I start and read this um, letter of his that is now circulating widely, from my understanding, um, I wanted to say we honor you, Sahaj. We do. Um, I don't know you well, but I want to just say I, I remember the Zoom call in 2020 that was really what broke the dam open and allowed the voices of um, second generation that had been harmed to um, have airspace. And you did that. 
Um, it was a part of the calls council meeting and you were facilitating that. And I just, um, I want to um, honor you for the courage that it takes to serve all this time, to believe in your community, to have been born and bred in this community and to believe so strongly in all the ways you've dedicated your life accordingly. And, um, and also the ways that you're able to now begin to acknowledge um, the impact it's had on you. We thank you for your courage. And again, I just think of that Zoom call and the life-changing impact that it had by you, you holding such a big space for 13 hours and plus some because there was another one coming. So while Pamela's book um, started all off and then the Facebook group was holding people, those Zoom calls really were the floodgates um, that brought our voices into the mix. And I just thought it was just brilliant. Um, and that's, that's what I hold here. Thank you for that. And thank you for this letter. So he resigns from the SSSC board. He was the second gen voice that had been on this board for, I don't know how long, but only time I was tuned in was since 2020. So at least that long, but from my understanding, many years prior. Um, all right. As we, this is, um, this is the resignation letter and yeah. I just think it really speaks to, even before I begin, I wanna just reference that he's just using such um, a, a wonderful um, reference to the song of the Khalsa. And so if you don't know that, that's what this is referring to. And many of you obviously do, but it's just, whew, it is impactful. All right, to the SSSC trustees. As we have been singing for many years, many speak of courage, but speaking cannot give it. It's in the face of death that we must live it. I'm sorry to say that I don't see us living with the courage necessary to address the moment. Organizationally, we haven't been living with courage. As a board, we aren't living with courage. Individuals on this board and in this community are not living with courage. In my view, if we want to survive, we have to change that. It takes no courage to imply that what has been revealed in the past three years is, quote, fiction, that there is, quote, no evidence of the claims against the Siri Singh Saib, or that we don't need to change. It takes courage to acknowledge the harm, to recognize the voices of the women harmed and the second generation as evidence and to accept the need to grow. It takes courage to argue for going back to the good old days or to pretend that what has fractured trust in this community is people speaking up about their experiences as opposed to the experiences themselves and the actions or inactions of those who caused systemic harm. It takes courage to advocate for change, to acknowledge the mistakes and harms of the past, and to recognize the good. It takes courage to value each of those experiences, the people who had them, and all the in-between experiences equally. It takes courage to recognize and correct the unethical and dishonest behavior of some, including on this board, and by other ministers of Sikh Dharma around the election, confidentiality. We have seen evidence of it in writing, communication, 
and abuse. Burying one's head in the sand and refusing to see is not leadership. It is cowardice. It is enabling. It takes courage to acknowledge, stand up against, and correct the culture and environment of ongoing abuse on our board and in our community. This board has lacked that courage for far too long. It takes courage on my part to put myself, my health, and the needs of my family first before the needs of the spiritual, quote, community. I have lacked that courage for far too long. Today, I'm taking a step towards correcting that. Because of my service on this board, my children have been attacked. The sacred space of the Gurdwara has been violated, and we are no longer welcome there. My wife was attacked, twisting confidential employment information, likely with the collusion of board members and those lies were widely decimated, even after the cowardly anonymous authors knew they were lies. I've been attacked, threatened, and abused for telling the truth and advocating for change. They have been attacked simply for being related to me and our board and organizations have sat in silent witness and done not a damn thing about it. Hell, some, some on our board pretended with heads firmly buried in the sand that those things just didn't happen or that I was wasting our time by bringing them up and asking for corrective action. That is not leadership. It is not courage. It is not acting with integrity. Some in our community and on this board have justified these attacks, saying my teenage daughters, quote, deserved it because of what their father was doing. That is some cowardly, chicken shit, unculsa crap. It is also a continuation of the cycle of abusing children. One of the things I have learned through this is that we apparently don't share values. If you think this is all acceptable and deserved, we don't share core values. If you think this is wrong, but refuse to meaningfully stand up against it, we have a significant disconnect on how we live our values. If you think this is just the price to pay for stepping into a leadership role, you're wrong. In no other organization where I am a leader is this the cost of leadership. If you think it is reasonable for ministers of Sikh Dharma to author fraudulent recommendation letters for voter applications to threaten, quote, war in public forums, to violate confidentiality on a regular basis, to mock examples of the gurus and from Sikh history, to demean, gaslight, and abuse, and then lie about it, then we don't share core values, and the minister's vows mean nothing. I wonder why I have tolerated such egregiously unacceptable behavior for so long. All I can come back to is that I have been socialized to expect it in this community. I've been trained my entire life that this is what it takes to be successful, to develop grit, to, quote, burn karma, and to be a leader. I've recently come to see the toxicity of that perspective the destructiveness of it, and how abusive it is. Despite what some, including on this board, have argued, abusive behavior does not stop when it is ignored. 
Instead, the abusers are emboldened, their behavior is validated, and they continue and escalate. They want us to ignore their behavior. They know their behavior is cowardly. They know it lacks integrity. They would crumble if confronted. So they thrive in our collective apathy and unwillingness to demand and enforce change. If we want to understand what allowed so much abuse to go on for so long, we should recognize that it is exactly what we are doing. Nothing about abuse right now. Despite everything that has been revealed the past three years, we have still remained silent when abuse is happening right in front of our faces on a regular basis. And when I point it out, I am told doing so is inappropriate or that I am, quote, too invested in the, quote, fight between generations. Nonsense. In the past three years, we have denied, minimized, rationalized, and justified abuse of children. Board members defended ministers who sexually abused multiple young girls and labeled the bravery of the girls in standing up against that abuse as, quote, complaining. We have seen valued members of our community and our team chased away, and some SSSC staff refused to interact with our board because of how toxic we are and our environment is. And somehow we still deny this happened in our past. It's time for us to grow up, and that includes me. The culture on this board and in this community that some of us have encouraged, fostered, participated in, or ignored is wildly unacceptable and abusive. The abuse is largely focused on the second generation and women. The pattern is crystal clear. I'm a slow learner. So I'm just now recognizing and assessing the impacts on me personally and on my physical and mental health. I won't share any details here, but I know bad actors on this board won't hesitate because I know bad actors on this board won't hesitate to weaponize them against me, but they are significant. The unfortunate part of all of this is there is so much beauty in our Sangat. People have been and continue to be helped by Kundalini Yoga. People's lives have been changed for the better by their participation in and engagement with our community. Leaders and yoga teachers are doing amazing work serving their communities around the globe, including in unbelievably challenging circumstances in Ukraine. They are not served by our selfish refusal to grow, our continued fights amongst ourselves, and our selective application of ethics to swing policy one way or another. They are not served by people who claim they are fighting to, quote, save the legacy of Yogi Bhajan, which is utterly dishonest. Instead, those people are fighting to protect themselves because they lack the courage to acknowledge reality. This is best exemplified by an individual who said, when the allegations came out, I took a look at them and realized it would destroy me to accept them as true. So I decided not to. While the protective impulse is understandable, given the magnitude of the revelations, that isn't an acceptable perspective from somebody in leadership. It is a perspective that is not about anybody other than our themselves and has no place in the leadership of a vast worldwide community. So today I draw the line no more. I will no longer voluntarily associate myself with organizations and individuals that either encourage or ignore abuse and toxic behavior. I will not continue to be a part of a structure minimizing the incredible harm 
experienced by so many, including hundreds of children. I will step away from a system and people who are mean, abusive, bullies, toxic, regressive, and too scared to grow. No longer will bad actors be able to justify their abusive behavior by saying Sahaj is tough, he can take it, or minimize the harm caused to so many in India, me among them, by pointing to me and saying, it couldn't have been that bad, Sahaj turned out okay. I refuse to continue to serve as a second generation exemplar that it was all worth it. It wasn't. I resign as a trustee of the Sri Singh Saib Corporation and as a minister of Sikh Dharma International effective immediately. I will no longer be a candidate to serve on the board and I will not stand for election in July. I will not participate in the town halls that are being scheduled and my candidate statement, picture, name, and any reference to me as a candidate of trustee must be removed. The SSSC website as soon as possible. I remain a Sikh of the gurus and I will do my best to live those values as I understand them, which we have collectively failed to do. My hope is that the leaders on this board and around the world are able to find the courage to do the difficult work necessary to grow, to change, and to learn. I hope you find the courage to acknowledge in very real and concrete terms both the harm and the beauty around us. I hope you learn to not only speak of courage, but to actually live it. Sahaj Singh Khalsa. Let's take that in for a second. Well, folks, so that came in after the second gen voices, which again was a whole different group of second gen. And overall, this is where we're at. And we need your support. Sign the petition. We need your support to keep spreading the word and directly emailing this open letter to people in positions of leadership worldwide, all the countries, all the classes, European Yoga Festival, Solstice all the teacher trainings, wherever it can best be disseminated. Media contacts. Let's, let's get the word out here because second gen voices have something to say. It is um, well, well executed, well, well communicated, well, well expressed. I thank you all for your courage to do your part in the way that you can show up I thank you for your organization. I thank you for all of the work you're doing on yourself. I thank me for the work I'm doing on myself and all the ways that each of us contribute to the telling of this tale, to the collective um, the collective whitewashing of it and lightwashing of it. And that as we speak out, we prevent that from happening. So I want to remind everyone that we are the examples of the asks that we spoke to are just some examples of the non-monetary reparations asks, but they should be front and center in this process. And the organizations should have that as well. And the fact that the CEOs of the orgs don't necessarily even know what they are lets you know the fragmentation of how these organizations run 
This letter by Sahaj gives us an understanding of just the complete chaos that's actually happening internally and why this IHRP program obviously isn't working because the SSSC hired their attorney to run this thing. So isn't that a, a big fuckery? All right. Well, folks, see the links in the show notes. Happy summer solstice. May all of our prayers reach where they need to go to each other in this worldwide web kundalini yoga connections that we all have within our systems. And may we stand for the courage to do better and to make the changes that are necessary. Now, frankly, I've never believed in 3HO. I've always watched these organizations be manipulative and why be designed it that way. So um, it's one of the ways I can have to limit my participation because I don't even know what to say here. I'm just so disgusted. I could puke metal right now. Yeah. So I want to again acknowledge the second gen voices that um, worked so hard over the last few months. Thank you for all your contributions. Thank you for sharing your stories, your experiences, your skill sets. Um, and then involving all of us to help spread the word. Thank you for that. Um, thank you for Sahaj. And um, I hope you and your family are taking care of yourself and are protected. Thank you to all the listeners. Um, you are welcome to subscribe to receive more information and new podcast episodes at gudunishan.com. And if you haven't heard, I launched a new podcast at the start of the year called Uncomfortable Conversations on Predators in Business, Community, and Culture. And it is just a larger platform to do what we're already doing right here. Um, but these patterns exist all throughout culture and society, and it's not an excuse to give 3HO a pass. In fact, it just helps us to kind of begin to see the predatory cultic patterns of abusive behaviors um, that exist everywhere. Because if we don't get cult therapy and deprogram ourselves, um, we remain susceptible to um, these types of groups and these types of power dynamics. And that is a real study. That's real, folks. So get yourself some cultic therapy support. Not always so easy. There are some great group therapy support as well. Um, look at Rachel Bernstein's website and uh, look at the lalichcenter.org. They're also doing some group um, cult, uh, those born in generation cult support groups, as well as um, just general joined a cult support groups. Not exactly therapy, but it's just other people that are, have also joined cults, which I found has been very been helpful to start to deconstruct um, some of the overall thinking um, that affects me every day. Uh, a call from all of our voices to repair the healing and reparations program, a call to all the leaders at Solstice and European Yoga Festival, um, make this front and center, you know, don't hide the truth, don't light wash it away, don't use restorative just, don't use, um, you know, restorative justice and, um, social justice language to act so evolved when you can't speak out and, and look at the real time 
issues that are happening that are not in the form of healing and, and reconciliation. And yet you still promote this CRC program. Like all of these are just distractions to really address the, the, the inner corruption that's always been there and that we have to um, really examine. So listen to our voices. Once again, my call out to the legacy teachers teaching at these festivals this year. The only reason y'all didn't gather the last few years was because of COVID and it gave you some time to start processing all this stuff. But now that it's all processed, are you really going to bring, not just talk about it in your healing circles if people choose to go there, but how about you bring it to all the programming? How about every single breakfast you announce that there's an open letter from the second generation, that, that you've, you've marketed the second generation every festival for decades, trying to sell the Mitty Pity Academy and try to sell so how wonderful this technology is because it creates a generation of warrior children that are the grace of God. Well, then let our voices be heard too. The open letter is an ask to include our voices, to hear what is actually happening, to hear the response that is happening in real time. So if you're going to promote this lifestyle and promote this yoga and promote it as the yoga of awareness, then bring this front and center. As we sign off, I'll share the letter that went out from the 3HO International website. Um, again, the whitewash version of the 3HO website, which really blows my mind. Like, where's the original logo? That's so weird to see this like orange sun, whatever. Okay, oh, this is the letter that went out from 3HO announcing the healing and reparations program and the CRC, the Compassionate Recon Reconciliation Committee processes that are quote, gonna continue at the solstice site. So I'm sure European Yoga Festival is doing this too. This is a very great way to lightwash what's going on and to maybe create some circles where these conversations are happening, but shouldn't it be through the whole thing, right? And yeah, so I'm going to read that. The Global 3HO community is invited and included in the ongoing Compassionate Reconciliation Circle process as we continue to support the IHRP and ongoing policy and cultural changes, building community resilience together. With respect for the many people globally that practice kundalini yoga meditation, this ongoing community practice is offered for everyone in this tradition uh, continues to move forward, acknowledging the harms while simultaneously working together to co-create safe spaces for those who wish to participate. These circles will be happening in person at solstices and can be moved to an online platform after solstice if requested. So here is the letter that you get uh, sent out, wholeness and belonging, an invitation to step into compassionate reconciliation circle process. Everything the power of the world does is done in a circle. The sun comes forth and goes down again in a circle. The moon does the same and both are round. Even the seasons form a great circle in their changing and always coming back again to whereby they were. And so it is in the everything where power moves. Are you dealing with break, a break in your sense of belonging? Are you interested in the transformation of individual and group consciousness? The compassionate reconciliation process brings together diverse faces of our global communities responding to revelations of the past three years. 
we come together in circle to be present so that wholeness can emerge. Circles will be held in the Shanti shelter from 415 to 545 on June 18th, 19th, and 20th. And our opportunity to come together and share thoughts, feelings, and experiences on healing, belonging, and dignity. We will taste and breathe into a space for healing and reconciliation. All are welcome along with all of our lived experience. Please join us for one, two, or all three of them. All right. So that was the invitation to um, deal with compassionate reconciliation at the solstices. And so what I'm gathering here is they got the hour and uh, 30 minutes for the three days at the event to come together and respond to revelations of the past three years. Well, what revelations would that be? Maybe somebody from 3HO wants to answer that for us. Um, what I want to point out is how much they say a whole lot of something without saying nothing, right? It's like, wow, do you PhD and saying a whole lot of nothing. Um, and what it is, is it, you know, it speaks to the new age yoga person that, you know, is, is stuck in some place, but it doesn't say respond to the revelations of rape and sodomy and sexual abuse and pedophiles hidden and how this community basically abandoned their children for five decades. Didn't say any of that, huh? No, because they're selling kundalini yoga. And so while I am happy that, you know, the CEO of 3HO and, and other people are our advocates and supporters of restorative justice, it's restorative justice without putting real language to it. It's like, it's, it's like partial allyship. And this is my personal opinion. This is my podcast. And I'm telling you what I think, you know, it's light washing language that is, is it's disgusting to read. Okay, because it basically isn't speaking to what's happened. And so therefore, it's ambiguous. And I'm glad that you're investing three, an hour each day for this. But as we know, there's probably like six other choices for people to choose during these times, or it's an off time between this time and this time. Either way, to me, it's minimal. And, it, and if the children are the future of 3HO, if this entire community was built on the legacy of the future, the children of this community and how you still sell that as a marketing ploy of how wonderful this technology is, then go back and read our open letter, print it out and have it posted, have it available. L sit with the uncomfortableness of realizing that this is the, this is the result of this consciousness of 3HO, Kundalini Yoga, Kundalini Research Institute, Kundalini Worldwide, Sikh Dharma International, and all the versions therein. Listen to us. Listen to the children. You do not get to build billion-dollar companies on the backs of our lives, our, our bodies, our brains, our parents, And then give us this. I know you're doing the best you can, but sometimes that's just not enough. And you got to speak honestly and transparently about the harm that has been caused 
It should not be a background issue. So go back and read our open letter because all the things were covered. I'm just emphasizing what I feel like needs to get emphasized. The, the ongoing fuckery that happens within this organization, the underfunding of this program, the request to voluntarily participate and then not have it be delivered in any sort of trauma-informed process. And it's completely like built on an inner corruption. I mean, it's just, whew. all right, folks, I'm getting worked up. But again, want to just thank all the voices of the second gen, um, how you stand for what's true, no matter what has happened to you. I honor you. I honor all of us. And help us spread the word. Once again, this has been another episode of the Uncomfortable Conversations podcast, the untold stories of the 3HO Kundalini Yoga community. If you want to be a guest, I am still taking stories. Anytime you are ready to tell your story, reach out to me at gn at gurunishan.com. Just look in the show notes for the link. Um, and besides that, feel free to contribute to this podcast as well. There's a link on my website, gurunishan.com, or a PayPal link in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for your time and your attention. Be sure to follow me on Substack, gurunishan.substack for my latest podcast that I drop every Sunday and uh, for new upcoming uh, writings that will be published soon on my new uh, writing platform called Conversations You Can Feel. So check the show notes for that as well. Looking forward to talking to you again soon and thank you for your listening support.